Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above for today. Actually, we're going to take a look ahead at the week. And yes, so yesterday I got home from my trip and I had a brand new laptop here waiting for me. So I'm now using my new laptop, but it doesn't work the same way as my other one. So if I make big mistakes, you'll understand hopefully that it's because I don't know what I'm doing yet. And Terry was actually kind of surprised this morning that I was even going to use my new laptop. And then I get all into this and I realize I don't have enough USB ports on this computer. Uh, I specifically asked the person when I bought it, uh, which I bought it sight unseen, it was online, uh, how many USB ports. And she's like, oh, it has three USB, you know, regular ports. I'm like, okay, perfect. Only it doesn't. It has one. And it has two on the other side that are USB-C uh, ports. And I don't have any equipment that uses USB-C except the pen that goes with my handy dandy little computer now. And uh, yeah, so I had to order one of those so that I can use my headset so I can use my regular mouse. If I'm, you know, typing something long, I like to have that mouse. So just crazy stuff trying to get, you know, back into the swing of things, but using a completely different system. However, I do like the, the way that this system works out. And uh, anyway, so thank you guys for being here this morning. We have a lot to talk about um, because this week is, you know, a transition week. We're moving out of the June and into July as we get to the end of the week. And July brings up different energies, even though, you know, we've already had the sun and cancer energies uh, here with us. As we start to move further into July, we get into the, the heart of the sign. And so today, what I thought we would do is talk about the moon and where it is today and in the preliminary run up to the new moon tomorrow, right? Tomorrow we have the new moon in Cancer and it is a powerful one. And I'm going to introduce a new concept, although somebody brought it up last week. And so thanks for the uh, preliminary. Uh, but we, I want to talk about what the patterns are in that particular new moon and how it is that we're going to be able to uh, have some really interesting things happen in July, even though we've already had some pretty interesting things happening in June. Sorry, I don't know how to silence my notifications now. And yeah, no, I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. So note to self, remember how to do that. Find out how to do that. Uh, at any rate, so let's dive in a little bit and talk about what is going on with the moon today. So the moon is in Gemini, and I realize it's kind of been in Gemini, or it will be in Gemini for a while, it, as it doesn't leave the sign until tomorrow, and it doesn't leave the sign until, let's see, tomorrow at, it looks like, oh, that's the wrong week, it doesn't, it looks like 4.54 a.m. Pacific time, so 7.54 a.m. tomorrow morning, the moon will shift out of the sign of Gemini and into Cancer and, and preparing for its new phase, which will only be uh, just a few hours later. So we have smaller amount of time for us to really consider what it is that we want for intention setting, even though you could be doing that now, right? Looking ahead, what is it that you want to set up for yourself? What kind of intentions do you want to place? As the new moon is always the time for new beginnings. It takes us into new territory. 
So be thinking about that. In the meantime, today, the moon in Gemini is making a conjunction to Mercury, its ruling sign. So, or I mean, the Mercury in Gemini that's empowered because it's in the sign it rules. So with the moon connecting to Gemini, we may find ourselves in a more chatty uh, position today, wanting to talk more. Um, maybe we're listening more. That would be a good thing, too, for Gemini energy, be more in the listening mode. Uh, but as well, it is an it has an effect on our mind and bringing, you know, a little bit more emotion to how it is that we are thinking. So if we're thinking about something in particular, we may have more emotion behind it. And then because that thinking is also affecting what we say, we may find ourselves speaking more emotionally today. And at the very least, just being more uh, openly emotional in how it is we speak to one another. But you might also see that playing out in the outer world, people's emotions kind of on edge, people, you know, getting uh, their minds and their thoughts being uh, triggered and that affecting how it is they say what they say. We also have a trine to Saturn. When the moon is in a trine to Saturn, we have a good flow between the two. So emotion is not Saturn's bailiwick, right? It just doesn't understand this concept of emotion. It's pretty much, you know, task oriented. Uh, it is doing things by the book. It is doing things in a stepwise progression. Uh, it's about duty and responsibility. Who cares that you don't feel like it, you know, you're duty bound to do something. But then the moon comes along and adds that emotion to it and triggers perhaps some emotional feel good, but also some emotional uh, fortitude around getting things done, right? Getting in, uh, kind of getting in alignment with what you need to do to be disciplined and to be on task. So that one is probably pretty good. Although along with that can come some feelings of uh, maybe, I'm, I'm going to use the word melancholy, not, it's not it's not specifically depression feeling, but it can feel a little bit low, um, but it should pass pretty quickly. It's not something that's coming and sticking. It is the moon, by the way, so it's moving, right? It's moving through. Then we also have a sextile to Mars revving up the action and also a square to Neptune. And that's the one that we really want to pay attention to because it is the last major aspect the moon is going to make before it moves into the sign of, I'm checking really quickly because I think it does make a square to Jupiter. It does. There's a square to Jupiter tomorrow before the new moon or at the new moon. It's almost exact. Uh, but the last major aspect before we move into the sign, the moon moves into the sign of Cancer. And as well, today, Neptune is moving into retrograde. So I want to talk about that. Uh, first, let's say good morning to people that are popping in here. I see Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Good morning to you and Susie Gemini, J-Lo, and awesome Tanya. Hello to you. And uh, Kajella, good morning. Christine Buckingham says good morning all day. Dalen, uh, you were with us. That's awesome. Looking forward to good positive energy this forthcoming moon cycle. Hopefully, it'll even, I'll even find the keys for my motorcycle. Oh, heavens, you lost those. That's not fun. Uh, hopefully you can find a spare or get a spare. <laughs> so if it ever happens again, you will have it. Uh, all right. 
So let's take a look a little bit now at Neptune. So in your chart, look for Pisces because Pisces is where Neptune is sitting. And right now today he is at, let's see, what is his exact this moment? He should be so close to where he changes. 25 degrees, uh, 27 minutes. Oh, let's see, that's tomorrow when he starts at the new moon. And today he's at 25 degrees, 27 minutes. So he's virtually at a standstill right now. And wherever that is in your chart is where this information that I'm going to give you next is really going to play out. In the chart of the day here, it is playing out in the ninth house. So the uh, information about Neptune in retrograde would apply to the ninth house, which is the house of increasing our perspective, our point of view. Yes, I see you, Kitty. I see you. And uh, also, you know, a place of broadening our horizon. So the ninth house looking at the bigger picture and Neptune in retrograde happening in that particular house of this chart. So it's also happening in a house in your own chart. So this is where you want to look to where, where might I be uh, involved with some of these things that I'm going to tell you about Neptune retrograde. So for one thing, I, I always like it when Neptune is retrograde. Everything seems, well, first it's pumping up our sensitivity to all things psychic, all things emotional, all things uh, unseen, right? It really helps us tap into more vivid dreams. And, you know, those are some of the positive expressions of Neptune in retrograde. We, we sort of get into our more uh, spiritual selves and more into our ability to tap into intuition or to our higher self. So from June 28th uh, today or tomorrow morning until we get into uh, December, December 3rd, we're going to have this heightened opportunity to tap into our higher selves or to our spiritual self. Now, this is also, remember, Neptune, Neptune is a planet that uh, also creates a higher connection, if you will, to our imagination and to our creativity. So when it moves inward, and that's what a retrograde does, right? It moves the planet's focus inward. Uh, we may have more access to our creative energies, to our imagination. So, you know, it's a great time for us to choose to tap into our higher self, but also into our more creative and imagination, uh, imaginal self. So being able to see things even if it is not in the real world yet, right? Because this is dealing in the etheric plane. This is a great time for healing work for everyone. So no matter what Neptune looks like in your own personal chart, a Neptune retrograde allows us the space to tap into uh, healing from a more etheric point of view. So not just healing from the medical point of view, but healing our emotions, healing the, the things that it, that going into different healing techniques, right? More of the metaphysical healing techniques. And it including things like hypnosis or like the work that I'm doing, going into the Akashic records now or in, in, into soul alignment or soul stories, because it gives us this opportunity to dive into the subconscious and the subconscious mind, of course, holding the patterns of all of your thought processes, all of the actions that you've taken all of the experiences that you've had. 
and the patterns that develop in response to those things that have happened in your life. So dive into the subconscious. Perhaps it's time to set up some healing and in, in any kind of healing that um, would access the higher planes, right? Or access our, uh, our subconscious mind. And it is a great time for us to explore our spirituality, exploring our quest or questioning our beliefs. Uh, why do we have things? Why are things happening the way they're happening? Uh, and, and how does that apply to what I believe, right? In my belief system, um, I might need to question the things that I see. I might need to question the things that I've always taken for granted and find myself at this particular time being able to tap into the depths, right? I saw a lot of different articles this weekend, uh, and I didn't get a chance to read them because I wasn't home. But as I was sort of scrolling through different articles and things like that on uh, different, you know, places where I get stories from, uh, there was a lot of, you know, people of the, the metaphysical world looking at the meaning of some of the things that are happening in our um, in our in our world in the USA with the, the Supreme Court coming down with a lot of different um, a lot of different rulings that just you know make me go hmm and make a lot of people do that uh, and yet knowing that there's got to be a bigger picture behind it what is the bigger picture. And so I saw a lot of articles like that. And I think we're probably going to get this period of time where a lot of people are going to be digging into the depths of things that are happening, both in their own personal lives, right? The meaning of life, if you will, but also the meaning of some of the bigger things that are going on. And how does it play out in our bigger, grander scheme of things? And just by sheer happenstance yesterday, I ended up in a, an article about COVID and uh, from a spiritual point of view and how COVID has set the stage for a lot of changes within us and evolution, right? An evolutionary change, whether it's because of the virus itself or whether it was because of the vaccines and the mutations that are occurring because of it and how it is altering our perception of who we are. And with the idea of it leading us into a more spiritual point of view, which I found fascinating. I just found that whole article fascinating. And it was coming from the point of view of metaphysics and human design, where the, the gate 44 uh, in our human design, which sits on the spleen center, and the spleen center being the center for survival, for thriving or flourishing versus just plain old survival, for intuition, for health and our immunity, and uh, he, uh, Ra, had at one point said that in human design, pandemics begin when the sun is in the gate 44 in line four, so 444. And that takes us back to late November, mid to late November 2019, just before we started really hearing all about COVID in the news. But the point is that the gate 44, where pandemics would start, is a gate that links us to the baggage of the past. And the baggage of the past being something that we need to release and let go of. And so pandemics, what they do then seems to shake us up and tap us more into what are the blessings in our lives? What are the blessings uh, and where are we now in terms of 
you know, how are things better now than, than they were before? So it moves us away from the past and pushes us uh, into a future or at least allows us to live more in integrity as the 44 connects up to the 26, which is the gate of integrity. And there's lots of types of integrity or, you know, there's the physical integrity, the boundaries that keep us within our body, right? So the skin, the body itself. Um, there is our, our moral integrity, if you will, or our ethical integrity. And so we have these different types of integrity that get triggered because this little tiny, you know, virus, right? So it brings up all of these different ethics and so forth. And now with Neptune turning into retrograde, we have sort of the time or the inkling or the wisdom or maybe the intuition to see things from that different point of view. So not just looking at superficially what's going on, but if we could look through it holographically, right, seeing into the layers of something that's happening without judgment, right, without judging what it is, how it is, how it should be, what it should be, uh, judging ourselves or judging other people. So it's going to be an interesting time. And there, it, it's a great time for meditation, yoga, and contemplation on that level. This might be a great time for us to, maybe I'll start a Gene Keys class of sorts, because it might be a really good time to look through and contemplate some of the deeper aspects of ourselves. But now we also have the negative side of, of any transit or of any planetary movement. And in the more negative aspects, we might bump up against denial, right? Denial, denying we have a problem, denying there is a problem, denying we have anything that we need to do differently, uh, denying, 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 denying denial. <laughs> so we want to, we want to be uh, very much open-minded during this period of time. It also tends to trigger up Areas in people's lives where they've become too codependent, where they are not standing in their own power. And I, and again, that's going to depend on the house that it might be in in your own chart. For example, if it's in an eighth house situation in your natal astrology chart, you may have, you know, issues around change, right? And, and getting stuck, staying in a place and needing to make some change. So again, it really depends on where it is uh, It is happening in the chart. And uh, as well, disillusionment, disappointment, blame, shame, guilt, some of those more negative, um, less easy to identify where it's coming from kind of uh, emotional energies can also be triggered while Neptune is retrograde. But the really good news is if you take that in and you use it as a way to discover more and more about yourself, you might come back with some really stellar aha epiphany revelations about yourself and about who you are in the life that you're living. And even some of the things that might have, you know, dogged you in the past could come up for you to release. And never, ever, ever forget that the planet Neptune really taps us into the higher order spirituality, but that higher order sp spirituality is where the bigger energy of love is. So we have unconditional love energy with us that we're taking and moving inward, right? Rep re uh, retrograde energies take the energy of the planet and move it inward. So if we want to see love in the outer world, it has to begin within us. 
So we have to become more unconditionally loving toward ourselves in order to see more unconditional love in the outer world. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. So there's nothing that there, there's nobody out there. The blame, the shame, the guilt that might come up if we're in the negative is only a projection of something going on within us, right? In Inside here where we are in some ways um, needing to work through whatever it is that's triggered that, that feeling of guilt or shame or bitterness or you name it, right? Some of those harder to pin down sort of energies. But all in all, to me, this is going to be a really good time. If you want to know the degrees that Neptune is retrograding through, he is at 25 degrees, 37 minutes, and he will retrograde back to 22 degrees, 39 minutes. So literally only about three degrees that he moves through because he's far out there. He moves slowly. So no big moves with this Neptune retrograde. Probably the continuation of things that you've already been working through spiritually or things that you've been working through emotionally or psychically or through your dreams. You've probably already had some form of idea dropped in on you about what it is from the spiritual point of view that you're working on. So don't expect any big, you know, loud explosions like you would with Uranus, but maybe more subtlety in what it is that you are um, recognizing in yourself, right? So I like that one. I really like that one. So I want to look over here. Sorry, my screen is weird to me today. Uh, Christine Buckingham, uh, no questions there. Okay. Duo Dame, hello. Seems to be lots of water-related things coming to the surface. Definitely, definitely. JLo, I have my Radiance, SQ, UC, Mercury, and Lilith. Lots going on. I have to be still to listen. And that is, you know, another key um, lesson for all of us, I think, to learn during, a, a, especially a Neptune retrograde, is to listen. To listen to the voice within right? The still small voice. It's very quiet. And we have to become very quiet in the physical so that we can really hear more clearly what's going on from the internal world. And that's why we say it's a really good time for meditation or for things like yoga or contemplation where it's time to get still, you know, and be more in that quiet space. Um, the day somebody saying about dragonflies, I detangled from a spider web and he flew away quickly. Signs from the universe. Very powerful signs. Susie says, good morning, Amanda. Jay, it's good to see you out there. So I think all of us can understand then that this is going to be a pretty powerful time. And I want to check something really quickly because I don't think Neptune is making a move out of any of our human design gates anytime soon. So Neptune has been sitting at the gate 36 and he will stay in 36, I think, all the way through Neptune. Neptune, where are you? Yep, there. And Neptune there. And in it's a December, so keep looking. Yeah, Neptune is pretty much going to stay in the gate 36 the entire time of his retrograde and even into next year. How's that, right? We have one gate with this planet to deal with, but it's a big one, right? The gate 36 is on the emotional center. So it's at the top right corner of the emotional solar plexus. It's leading up to the throat. In fact, it finds direct access to the throat 
if you have gate 35 defined at all, right? So if you have a hanging gate 35, or if even you have the entire 3536 channel defined, now you have this Neptune energy, but it's been sitting there, right? It's been there for a while. And now you have more internalized restlessness, more internalized boredom, or more internalized crisis, crises going on. So it makes me wonder about people and depending on where you are in your life cycle about things like dark nights of the soul, right? Where we have this sort of crisis feel in our emotions and literally a Saturn uh, return, either one, right? The one at age 28 to 30 or the one at 56 to 60 or 57 to 60, 58 to 61, somewhere around there. Um, and maybe even if you are at your Uranus opposition, this time can feel like you are moving through, maybe even a Chiron return, moving through some kind of internalized crisis time. The key is to not make big decisions based on what you're feeling in any given moment, right? Feelings, remember, solar plexus, emotional energy flows in waves. So it has high and it has low and all the points in between. So if you are making a decision based on how you feel in this moment, you're probably making the incorrect decision. And again, all of this is going to, you have to know your own chart. You have to know how this is going to placate your chart or play out in your chart. So for example, in my own chart, I don't have 35 or 36 defined. So this generates a 36 that just hangs there, right? It's just hanging. And as the moon might come through and hit on gate 35 or any other planet that's going to go through the gate 35, then it will make that connection. But it could also be that you have the hanging gate 35 up at the throat center. And now with Neptune being at 36, you've had this long-term expression of increasing your spiritual awareness. And now what for you is going to happen is this moves more inward, right? And maybe dredges up the places that are hidden within you that have been in resonance with uh, or out of resonance with the truth of who you are. So you, we may all be feeling certain things coming up, but based on your human design, it could create more of a turbulence or crisis kind of feeling for you than others. Don't buy into the crisis feeling, right? Observe it, be detached a bit, step back or unattached, step back and be able to ask questions like, what does this mean for me? What does this remind me of? When else in my life have I experienced this? What was the trigger for this feeling or this, this uh, emotion? So ask the questions. Don't buy into reacting to the emotion, right? You are not your emotions. You are not your thoughts. So you don't have to become them just because you thought them or because you feel them. Do you feel me? Do you understand that? So, and I, I hear from a lot of people all the time who are so worried about what they're here to do, who they're here to be, what do I do? Where do I go? And literally all you have to do is slow down and listen to your inner self. And I always tell people, ask, I ask people this question all the time. What do you want? Right? You're not a victim in this life. You are not sitting in this vehicle being driven at, you know, some whim of some, you know, characters out there in the universe. 
you always have the free will. You always have choice as to how you're going to respond to anything that Christ that crops up in your life, even if it's a crisis, right? You always have that choice. So instead of asking questions that make it sound like you don't know who you are, ask deeper questions. What do I really want? What do I want out of my life? What makes me happy? Where do I find joy? Remember, this is still, you know, this week until we get to, see, the week doesn't change until, oh, funny, the sun is going to be at gate 35. No, that was earlier in the year or in the month. That's June, July. We're going to be at the gates 39 and 38 starting July 1st. So through the end of this month. So what day is that going to be? Thursday. So through Thursday, we are still in the gates of joy where the earth is teaching us about what, where does bliss live? Where, what makes us happy and the gate of stillness, right? The sun at 52, which is a gate that reminds us to be still, to not allow stress to take over. I can guarantee you that when we start, that stress begins for us in the mind and the mind's thinking things that it that can create emotional reactions or emotional, an emotional response. But I always ask people who's thinking your thoughts, right? Who's thinking your thoughts. And if you think it, it is someone else out there, some magical being or some, you know, other part of yourself thinking your thoughts, you're wrong. It's you, right? And if you're thinking your thoughts, you can choose to think other thoughts, choose to be in possibility thinking, Right? Choose to look at the potential. What else could happen? How else might this be? What other new solutions? How else might this be solved? Um, you know, you're the one, right? I can't come along and tell you to think differently or to tell you what to think. That has to come from within you. And you are always at choice. So, uh, I'm going to give you a funny example of this. Last night, before I went to bed, this was stupid, but I was watching some kind of crime show and it's been hot the last day or so here or hot compared to what we're used to or what we've had all spring long, right? Suddenly it jumps up to 80 degrees and we don't know how to behave, but we also don't have air conditioning. So you can't really cool the house down. And when I went to go to bed, it was still 70 something in the house. And I, I was loath to close the windows, right? I just did not want to close down my windows. But then I was also finding myself fearful from some of the stuff in the show that I was watching about people breaking into people's houses because they left their front door unlocked or people that, you know, break in through open screen or open windows, even if there's a screen. And I'm like freaking out. So I found myself lying in bed, tossing and turning, thinking about all of this, you know, what if? stuff. And I went, okay, you have the choice here. You have the choice. You can get up and close some windows down until you feel more comfortable, or you can choose to just see your house as being protected and not th those experiences, not being attracted to you. I mean, I had, I had choices or I could have just laid in bed, tossing and turning, worrying about all of this stuff. This is minor. This is not like some huge giant story lying in my life or in anybody's life, really. I mean, this was a moment. But the choice I made was my own, right? Uh, you know, Terry was already sound asleep. He's not making the choice for me. And I got up, 
and I went and I closed the windows. Our windows open out. Like, uh, I forgot what they're called. Dormer windows or something. They open out wide. And so I just chose to close them down, you know, lock them in place at a, at a, 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 a narrower opening because they open wide. A person could just fit through the entire window. And then uh, our doors were, were closed and locked. So I wasn't too worried about that. Then I get up this morning and I realized we didn't even lock our front door last night. But because I changed my frame of reference in what I was worrying about, because I took action that aligned me with more peace, it didn't even, it didn't even bother me, right? I didn't realize. And obviously I woke up safe, right? I woke up safe and sound. And I, it's just a minor thing, right? But all of us have those little bugaboos in our lives where we're worried about something. Something triggers this thought. It's a, it's always going back to the thinking, right? It was going back to the thinking. And, um, and it's our thinking that can create a feeling, an emotion of danger or scared or fear or paralysis or you name it, right? Worry, more and more worry and worry about something or about nothing even, right? I don't even know how I got myself into that. And so everybody just stop and think for a minute. What about your own thoughts? What are you, where are they leading you, right? Where do your thoughts lead you? Because now is a time to really get to a point where you can hear what's going on from within you. And it's perfect because if you do that contemplation work sort of today and even into, you know, tomorrow before we get to the new moon, then you can set some powerful intentions for the new moon that include perhaps a new mindset that maybe includes a new way of, of being in your spiritual self. It's cool, right? I think it, it, we are empowered in other words, right? We don't, we are not lacking power in terms of what we think, right? That's purely in our realm. So day in my natal chart, Neptune is in Pisces. I need to get in your natal chart. Neptune is in Pisces. Are you sure day? Because that can't be, it can't be. Neptune was, uh, let's see if you're about my age and, and I'm 61 now, uh, we had it in the sign of Scorpio. Neptune was in Scorpio because Neptune is in Pisces right now, right? And it takes 165 years to go completely around the, the chart. So it can't possibly have been in Pisces when you were born, but likely in Scorpio. Cause I think, and, and, you know, it's hard to say, maybe you're a little bit younger or older, but um, take a look again and see what your, what sign it's truly in. Uh, Susie Gemini possibilities. Yes, yes, yes. Possibility thinking. And taking responsibility for your thoughts and not letting them run away with you. Like mine were running away with me thinking of all kinds of scenarios, like stupid scenarios, really. I mean, sure, it could happen, but if I'm focusing on it, do you think I'm going to avoid having it happen or am I going to be maybe sort of attracting it, right? So we have to take responsibility for our thoughts in every single way every single way. It's your job. It's your job. And yet, you know, we all, even me, I get, I know better and I can get caught up in it. So let's take a look then at the new moon 
time-wise, we're doing good. If you guys have questions or comments, go ahead and put those in. Uh, I can't scroll as easily as I used to with my other computer because I'm not, yeah, yeah, I will later in the week. Um, so I might miss questions. If you had a really good question and you think I missed it, please type it in again and let me know. Or if someone's out there that wants to, you know, ring my bell, please do. Uh, tomorrow, then we have the new moon um, in Cancer. The new moon is the time when the sun and the moon come together. You know, they embrace and they get new marching orders, seriously new marching orders about what direction we are going to go, what are our intentions. And, oh my God, Terry Hickox. <laughs> I just realized that he put SpongeBob on the bed with my picture taped to it, which he did while I was gone for the weekend because he missed me. He's so sweet. And <laughs> I just realized that over my shoulder, this shoulder is my own picture on SpongeBob's face. Hysterical. Okay. That totally took me out of what I was talking about. So what was I talking about? The new moon. <laughs> A new time of intention setting for us. And in the sign of cancer. So now we have the sun in cancer. And this is a time of family. This is a time of of finding out what are our security issues, right? What are our safety issues? What are the things that take us away or, or, or that we become overly protective of ourselves against, right? Cancer is the sign of the crab and the crab knowing it has this hard shell. And when it senses danger, it moves sideways away from it, right? So we always get this kind of idea that, that we don't hit something straight on, but we kind of take the sideways trip around the block with it. And it is a sign of family and tradition. It brings us to our roots, right? Cancer is the sign of our roots and the roots of our genetics, the roots of our heritage, our uh, family lineages. So we have the sun in a very powerful place to help us create a new uh, basis of who we are, a new foundation to put down roots in a different way, to put down new roots, stronger roots, right? We have that um, that as part of our experience. And when we bring the moon into it, the moon is the ruler of the sign of cancer. So this makes this a very powerful new moon. Every year when we have a new moon in cancer, it's a powerful time. And in our human design, what we see at the summer solstice, which was just, what, a week ago, and so the new moon really cements in the energy of the solstice. Um, that was a week ago in this case. Um, we have this opportunity to move through a new combination of the gates of love in our human design. So at the summer solstice, we have the sun at the gate 15 and the earth at the gate 10. So that brings us into more compassion for our fellow human beings, but also more love for ourselves. And the recognition that if we don't love ourselves, then we don't effectively love others. And if we're harshly judging ourselves, which is a, a totally unloving thing to do, then we are also going to have trouble seeing love in the outer world or uh, being non-judgmental or uh, being uh, at the we might even find ourselves at the receiving end of other people's judgments. So we get this opportunity to tweak, right? To tweak ourselves toward more love, right? Toward more love for our fellow human beings and more love towards ourselves. That always is what the summer solstice brings us to. 
it's like regular clockwork, right? The summer solstice in the northern hemisphere and the winter solstice for those of you in the southern hemisphere. But it's the same energy. And it's the energy of bringing in more and more love, compassion for others, and also that same love and compassion toward oneself. So now we get to this new moon time and we can set powerful intentions that help us align with a more loving energy towards ourselves and towards our fellow human beings. Now, this happens to be a pretty interesting new moon as there is a pattern, somebody, and I, could, I was trying to remember before I got on here this morning who it was that brought up a, a kind of a different triangle. We call it a wedge sometimes in, in uh, astrology. Um, but they're different shapes of triangles that bring us in, in a different energy. Well, one pop, pops up in this new moon and it's a learning triangle, if you will. And I'm going to show a picture of it here. This is what it would look like. And this is between the planet, the new moon right here, right? We have the new moon and that's because we have the sun and the moon in a conjunction and that being in a square to Jupiter, I did not have a red highlighter nor a red pen, so orange it is. And then a sextile between Jupiter and Venus over here. And then a semi-sextile between the new moon and Venus over here. So we have this wedge-looking um, combination of aspects that turn into a pattern. And this is what we call a learning triangle. And it's the square is the polarized part. So what we're learning is how are we going to find new solutions? Literally, that's what this is all about, right? The, we're presented with a problem or with something that is polarized in our, in our own lives, but also in the world, right? There's a polarized feeling between Jupiter and the new moon, right? Square brings up the tension of and almost uh, highlights where it is we have challenges and the challenge between Jupiter who wants to grow and expand and move into new territory as he's sitting in the sign of Aries, right? Wants more independence, wants more boldness, wants that new, what the progressive, if you will, or the, the forward movement. And then we have the new moon in Cancer, Cancer is a sign of protection, a, a sign that always chooses, it seems, from a sense of security. What's going to keep me secure? And what's going to, you know, make me have this solid foundation, right? It's the opposite sign of, Can of Capricorn. Capricorn energy is about building a solid future based on duty and responsibility and goal setting. And on the other side, Cancer is applying that to home and family and the stability and security that we build through our homes or through our lives that we've built, right? Our families, etc. So we have this square, right? That's changing the fundamental basics of who we are in the world at the level of tradition and at the level of foundations, right? And then Jupiter in a sign that just is raring to go forward. So we have the tension here of that uh, part of this triangle at the new moon, the square, right? Then we have Jupiter in a sextile to Venus, and the sextile is a place of harmony. So we have tension, and then we also have harmony, 
right? We have harmony built in here. And that's between living from our values, Venus in Gemini. And I, I feel like look just looking at the USA right now with the things that, you know, that the Supreme Court has done that sort of divide us almost from our original vision of the Constitution, um, yet divide us also along ideological or beliefs, like religious backgrounds. And maybe what this new moon can afford everyone that in the US, but also around the whole entire world, is an opportunity to go back in and look at what are our values. It should be a question about, well, what do we value? right? What are our values? And also for your own personal life, bringing it in now to you personally, what do you value? Right? And where might your values be split? Right? Gemini is a dual sign. And the duality in Gemini might suggest that you're saying one thing and doing another. And or that there's sort of a split going on, we could go in two different directions. So the sextile is designed to bring harmony right? To bring harmony into it. So living, it seems like very simple. We live from our values. What do we say we value? You know, and then we live by those values and then Jupiter giving us the path forward to take those values and put them out into the world and live them, live by them. And then we have the little green part here. This is a semi-sextile. Let's see right here, this part here, that's a semi-sextile, which is a 30 degree angle, also at seven degrees. So, I mean, uh, the seven degree Gemini Venus with the seven degree uh, Cancer uh, new moon. So we have a semi-sextile, which is where we have to, we have to escape from black and white thinking. We have to escape the idea of there's only one way or the other, right? There are many possibilities. There are many ways to find a solution. So the semi-sextile, which has been big all year long, right? All the outer planets seem to be in a semi-sextile. At one point we had in the sky, we could see it, right? With all of the planets in that alignment from last Friday. I still saw them this morning, just not the moon. And so it seems like there are a lot of things for us to have to solve. And in order to solve them, we have to get out of the duality of only one way or the other, black or white. There always has to be the color, right? The color in between. So uh, uh, one of the meanings of this particular moon might be how do we find new solutions to old problems in our personal lives, but also in the outer world. So um, the new moon in a square to Jupiter brings on confidence and proud energy, lucky, kind of the feeling of we're on top of the world. But then because it's in conflict with the new moon, what we may be doing is overestimating our abilities overestimating the time that we have to do something. We might be overestimating our resources, right? Money, uh, because Venus is involved, we might be have, you know, maybe some of the experiences we're having in the economy or because of an overestimation or an underestimation even of the impact of stocks or the impact of COVID on the economy or the uh, the the money that we all got during that period of time and uh, inflation and all of these pressures that are coming to bear on the economy. So the best thing here during, uh, you know, to, to solve this tension isn't to overdo 
it is to not overindulge, right? That's the tendency that the Jupiter and the moon and sun, particularly the moon in this square can bring us. Overeating, overdoing, overthinking, overimbibing, overestimating our worth, overestimating our time, overestimating our resources. So we want to be very careful that we stay with proportions, right? We're in proportion. And then the new moon in the sextile to Venus or semi-sextile to Venus is bringing up a very more loving and affectionate side of ourselves, right? There is that part that gets brought up. Um, and remember, we were already talking about the season itself brings us into the love of one another, but also the love of ourselves. So our love for family, our significant others, our friends, ourselves becomes more unconditional can become more unconditional, or it can also be where we see that we can't be very unconditional in the way that we are interacting with others. But the, the idea here with the new moon and Venus, it's easy to solve the conundrum. It's easy to solve the paradox. It's easy to solve the conflict if you just remember that it all starts with love, applying more and more love, unconditional love to the problem, right? And then maybe we can be more amicable. We can be more solutions oriented. We can be less argumentative and uh, less, you know, willing to or less caught up in that black and white thinking. This is why this is called a learning triangle. We're learning to solve problems from a different um, aspect. And then, of course, the sextile between Jupiter and Venus is all about harmony. So the exact opposite of the square of Jupiter to the new moon, which brings polarized duality thinking and conflict, is uh, the opposite with Jupiter and Venus that brings in harmony. So we have both kind of a Libran balance, a, a Libran dance here of balance, bringing us to a way to, to move through even the worst of our challenges by using possibility thinking, right? Getting ourselves outside of the box. And, you know, those are the major signals that come up from this new moon. And it's huge. And it's also playing out in your own life. So that little wedge that I showed you here is also somewhere in your chart, wherever it is that you have Aries and where you have Gemini and where you have Cancer. That, those are the three signs. So you can almost imagine that if you are a Gemini, an Aries, or a Cancer, this is up in your face. And for the rest of you who aren't those three signs, it's going to be different how you uh, go through this based on how your chart is set up, what planets you might have in those signs that are being affected by this learning triangle. But it's there. It is a really interesting, I think, time. And we also can see, and, and you know, you don't hear much about this, but we also have the Black Moon Lilith at eight degrees of Cancer. So she's very close to the new moon within a degree. That's bullet burn, right? That means it's, a, it's impacting. And the Black Moon Lilith shows us our blind spot fear. Like what is a fear that is collectively now? This is the collective one. You may have a completely different one in your own personal chart. But there's this other fear, and the fear is going to be in cancer about not being secure, not being stable, not being um, able to, to be safe. And so we enact more protective measures. We, uh, there's a fear underlying this, a fear of rejection or a fear of abandonment. 
So we might have that coming up collectively for sure, but also maybe in your own natal chart, this might be happening for you as well. So this might be a time where, you know, if it were me, I would list all the fears I had and then open up to what are the possibilities, how I can move through that fear, right? Because I want to set new intentions with the new moon. So my new intention might be, you know, about how I'm going to move forward without taking on the baggage or taking with me the baggage that fear holds us to, right? The old thinking, um, fear, paralysis, right? Not being able to move, getting stuck so we can move forward with all of this. So we have great energy for us, it would seem, especially because Neptune turned retrograde. It just makes this easier process, I think, for us to tap into that inner wisdom, the inner voice. What are we hearing from the inside? And how can we work through that? That's the big key because we want to work through it. We want to work through it, right? Awesome, Tanya. It was me. What was you? Awesome, Tanya. Uh, J-Lo, thank you for the reminder. Please take a moment and hit the like, the thumbs up, Whatever, whatever you are in, if you're in YouTube, it's the thumbs up button. If you are watching me on Facebook, it is the like. Please share the video with your friends or your networks or your 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 family. And as well, if you are on YouTube watching, please, and you haven't done so yet, hit the subscribe so that you'll be notified of the times I come on air. Uh, Kathleen, good morning to you. She says, thank you for this very powerful explanation of the new moon energies. Amanda J, 12th second and third houses. Perfect. Now, I don't know what that configuration is. Uh, what's in your 12th house would be where the fear is. Where's the unconscious pattern or fear that is holding you back from second house, prosperity, third house, being able to get your message out to the world or live uh, according to uh, the mind in a positive way. So it's mind-oriented, it's fear-oriented, and it's prosperity-oriented in your particular chart, depending, of course, where it begins, right? So what's your what's on in your 12th house uh, and what planet is transiting there? So that will make it color in a little bit as well. Um, bye, Susie. It's good to see you. Much love, everyone. Have a beautiful day, she says. Natasha, good morning. Uh, she says, thank you, Janet. There were dates that I may need to navigate with in August. My humans wanted to pull back and think. My spirit wants to call in the rivers of synchronicity and let it work out. So the dates I'm thinking you mean for Neptune retrograde uh, are from June 28th, actually June 27th for us in the U.S. All time zones have it today. Uh, so from June 27th until December 3rd, so August planted right in there. And I think on Friday, what we'll do is we'll go and look through all of the, the separate big uh, aspects that Neptune will make while retrograde. So that might help you kind of dial in August for you. So tune in on Friday or uh, watch the video from Friday. And JLo says, interesting, yesterday I asked, what past life was I feeling the energy for? Then use the Doreen Virtue past life cards and Orphan came up. Interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting. That's interesting. So on Friday, when you and I do your soul realignment, JLo, I think I know exactly where that came from. 
uh, Christine Buckingham, BML, BML, Black Moon Lilith, 12th House Aries. Uh, Black Moon Lilith in the 12th House. Black, So that's your natal Black Moon Lilith in Aries. So there's a fear there of standing up for yourself, kind of standing on your own two feet, of going it alone even. Um, you may feel like you need a partner or you need other people with you in order to do anything. So as you're moving through the shadow, it might be the shadow of, of loneliness or the shadow of a maybe you've been abandoned in some ways. So that might be the fear that comes up there. Uh, Amanda J, uh, 12th Aries. Okay, so you have Jupiter in your 12th house, Amanda, with Chiron there as well. And then the second house is where Gemini is. So that's where your sextile is. So when you, that pretty clearly says that once you get beyond the fear, then it's going to impact positively your prosperity. Your own values might be the key to helping you unlock that, right? Living from your own value, seeing your own self-worth, your own self-esteem. And then cancer in the third house. So being able to care for others to be able to speak in a caring way to others, to be able to teach or to learn um, or to communicate with more love and more caring in the way that you speak of yourself, but also of others. And let's see, uh, Natasha, dates are for flying out to do business in California. Then someone said they were having surgery and I want to help in Florida. Uh, yeah kind of being pulled in different directions, it sounds like, Natasha. Uh, maybe time to take a look at your solar return coming up. I know it is. Uh, Christine Buckingham makes sense. Thanks, Janet. You're very, very welcome. Okay, any other questions? Go ahead and type those in. And I want to pull us a card for the week. And I'm going to pull us a Galactic Heritage card and an Animal Spirit card, two of them. I want to knock my coffee over, move. Uh, a galactic heritage card because some of the concepts and things that we're really learning are so that we can be in preparation for becoming more of a galactic citizen, right? I mean, the one thing that I know that I never thought I would say out loud, much less on a show, is that we are, we are really, there, there are really lots of galactic people out there. And they really want us to be able to mature to the point that we can enter into the galactic stream, meaning that we can become galactic citizens. We can participate in the bigger picture of evolution. And in order to do that, we have to work through all of these different things in our own selves. Um, you know, the last thing a galactic citizenry would want is a group, uh, a, a planet who can't, you know, find peace within themselves. We can't get along with each other if we're afraid of one another or having racial divides or, you know, gen uh, gender divides, then how could we participate with what are literally, you know, millions of different kinds of life forms out there? So we have, we have work to do in order to move ourselves forward. Oh my goodness. So we have this again. Masculine principle. Somebody got this card in their own personal reading last week. And I don't remember who that was, but we have the masculine principle coming from Lyra of the past. 
Lyra of the Past, Masculine Principle, card number 12. So quit our warring ways, perhaps, or bring our balance in. I can't remember exactly what this was about. The ancient Lyran civilization is often described as reflecting the masculine principle. As the civilization grew, it moved out into the galaxy, settling planets, sometimes engaging in war and seeking ways to perpetuate the species. They were the builders, protectors, and architects of a society. Both masculine and feminine principles exist within everyone. It is important that they remain in balance. This card asks you to work with your inner male energy. Listen to what it has to say and embrace it. This will help to heal an old karmic pattern from the days of ancient Lyra. Lyra was the first civilization that expressed polarity, setting the template for our exploration and healing of polarity for millennia afterward. One way they expressed polarity was through their masculine focus on external reality and in their attempts to manipulate physical reality according to their desires. Again, this could be a positive or a negative expression, depending on the intentions behind the actions. If you have this card coming up in your reading, it is asking you to look at your inner and outer male-female balance. If you see where this is imbalanced, work to bring those energies back into alignment. You may be acting from an old template of ancient Lyran times that is ready to transform. Keep in mind that this is also the card of the warrior. In ancient times, you most likely had a lot of experiences as a warrior and may still have those qualities within your nature. Look at how those qualities can be used constructively instead of destructively. There are always times when the warrior energy is useful. Attaining the mastery of a true warrior, even a spiritual one, means understanding when to use that energy for the greater good. If you need inspiration about what that really means, look to the ancient text of the Bhagavad Gita and the teachings given to the warrior Arjuna, Arjuna by the great king being Krishna. Right? Masculine principle, Lyra of the past. So apparently we can take our cue and what we need to bring more of into our lives and into the world by looking at what was going on in the Lyran constellation, which had lots of interesting things going on. Okay, so now let's choose an animal card. That can be our guide, our spirit guide for the week as well. And Amanda, just been realizing, this card jumped literally. Uh, I've been... I need to work on my own values to help with boundaries and communication. Perfect. And you're most welcome. Catherine Worcester, it was you that got that card. So here now all of us are getting it. The universe thought it was such a great idea for you that we all get to experience it. This is our animal card for the week. And I think it's fun. It is the hummingbird spirit. Be here now. You can. I don't know if you guys can see the frame on my uh, design here, but you can see my little infinity hummingbird. And this is card number 34, which is a seven, highly spiritual, hummingbird spirit, be here now. And it's also a little bird that represents joy. So let's see, what number is that? 34. And here it was uh, right side up. And it says the hummingbird's wings beat so swiftly, it can hover in seeming stillness as it drinks deeply from a flower. Hummingbird spirit comes to remind you that the beauty and sweetness of life is in the eternal now, the timeless present. 
Here and now, you are becoming the person you wish to be to have the experiences you wish to have. Focus your energy on the flower before you for what you desire is being provided. Yes, there are blossoms everywhere. The choices can be dazzling. Hummingbird Spirit's message is that you have no need to go about in search of something better for all that you require and desire is before you. You will know this as you become still, feeling your connection to spirit who loves you unconditionally and will always provide for you. I think this is a perfect card for Neptune retrograde, for the new moon, and just in general for the week, especially with the sun sitting at the gate 52, which is about in its highest expression, stillness. I love it. Coherence. All right. That is it for me today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you on Friday, which will take us into July, believe it or not, July 1st. And I think that is it for me today. Thank you so much for being here. Much love to all of you. Remember to love yourselves as much as you love others. And I will see you on Friday. Take care.